最佳听众互动奖得奖的是 First Story 等等，还有一位是 First Story 和 Discord 共同得奖。First Story 最新推出的 Discord 整合功能是为听众管理新标杆，将拥有会员资格的听众自动加入 Discord 群组。这不仅减少创作者的负担，也为听众带来丰富的互动体验，获得全台 Podcaster 一致肯定。体验这个惊人的功能，立刻点击叙述栏链接，让你与听众互动更上层楼。In the countdown to the legislative election, minor parties are making their moves. The Taiwan State Building Party has come up with three candidates for legislators at large. They include party spokesperson Yang Peihua, attorney Huang Xinying, and National Central University professor Shi Weizhu. Let's hear from them. If I am lucky enough to enter the legislature, I will face the current national security crisis of communist espionage, fraud cases, and the numerous judicial issues. I will do my utmost to improve the areas that are still lacking in the legislative process. Cognitive warfare, mother tongue education, and transitional justice have all been the long-term focus of the Taiwan State Building Party. So I will stand with the TSP and fight. 预计希望能够提名八到十席啦，所以如果台湾机器能够进入国会 ，We expect to be able to nominate eight to ten candidates. If the Taiwan State Building Party can enter the legislature, then when we negotiate with other party caucuses, the local parties would have two votes. This will be very helpful in ensuring that local political parties would have their space. Candidates running for at-large seats have to have to succeed on two fronts. Their election depends on the proportional representation of their party. Five percent of the total party votes would yield two seats. A party also has to receive at least three percent of the party votes to obtain party subsidies. The TSP received more than three percent of the party votes in the 2020 general election, but failed to reach five percent. It will endeavor to win at-large seats this time around. President Tsai Ing-wen and Vice President Lai Qingde went to Gaoxiong Sunday morning for the memorial service of Ling Zaijing, a local leader of the Chinese religious sect Iguandao. While in the southern city, Lai also went to Mainong, a predominantly Hakka district, to stump for a fellow DPP legislator seeking re-election. Gaoxiong Mayor Chen Qimai was also on hand to show off his haka. Both President Tsai and Vice President Lai headed down to Gaoxiong's Liugui District for the memorial service of Lin Zaijin, former chairman of Iguan Dao Tianhuang Foundation. For Lin's lifelong dedication to the religious sect Iguan Dao, the president posthumously bestowed upon him a commendation order. The memorial service presented a rare occasion for many politicians to come together. Now that he has arrived in rural Gaoxiong, Vice President Lai Qingde also took the chance to visit a temple in Mainong, in the heart of Hakka Country. Supporters at the temple warmly welcomed Lai and Gaoxiong Mayor Chen Qimai, who were also there to solicit votes for a fellow DPP legislative candidate. To get on the audience's good side, both politicians tried to show off their haka. Milo, 
Tausend, Sir. Oma. Lai Qingde spent the day in Kaohsiung stumping for his party's legislative candidates. If I have the opportunity to serve as president, I will live up to my full potential and promote Hakka culture. As the countdown to the elections continues, the KMT and TPP may join forces and collaborate, but Lai is taking it in stride and carving out his own path. Let's now focus on China, with one Chinese real estate company after another posting losses. The companies that supply that industry are also facing a downturn. Currently, an estimated 400,000 Chinese workers, including those in China's cement sector, are facing unemployment. Cement companies in Guangdong and Jiangxi have also begun downsizing and are reducing production. Two analysts suggest the situation will only get worse and will also impact cement firms in Taiwan. A real estate crisis in China has been causing bankruptcies and layoffs and is now impacting the cement industry there. It is estimated that as many as 200,000 people in related industries in China will face unemployment in the next five years. Chinese real estate companies, including China Evergrande and Country Garden, have already laid off nearly 200,000 people, and demand in the domestic market is on a downward spiral. Now, cement companies are also facing a crisis, and companies in several provinces are either reducing or suspending production. Those in Guangdong and Jiangxi provinces have begun streamlining personnel. There's no demand in China right now for local infrastructure or for industry facilities such as factories, offices, or commercial properties. Of course, such a situation will most strongly impact the demand for cement, steel, and raw materials for manufacturing. Right now, the information coming out of China suggests that there will be 400,000 layoffs. However, the real number is likely to be much greater than that. Taiwan will be affected too, because Taiwan Cement and Asia Cement have made investments in China. Financial analyst Xia Jinhe has previously warned that China's cement industry would be among six industries impacted by that country's real estate crisis. With that crisis continuing to spiral out of control, China's overall economic performance will inevitably worsen. The winners of this year's National Geographic Photo Contest are out. This year's competition focuses on Taiwan and features five entry categories. The winner of the Ecological Sustainability category is a 14-year-old student who took photos of spiders across Taiwan. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us to meet the winners. The 2023 National Geographic Taiwan Photo Contest competition was divided into five categories people, places, nature, ecological sustainability, and youth group. The winner of ecological sustainability is a 14 year old Guo Dingzong who shot spiders around Taiwan. When a spider hatches its eggs, it first casts its web on the branches. The mother spider will protect the little spiders. 
I took this photo on Mazao's Industry Road. I started taking photos when I was in second grade. There are fewer and fewer insects now. I think we should not litter and we must protect the environment. I used to be able to capture photos of more insects. The winner of the people category is Guo Wei Zhang, who shot vivid photos of people at the Yunlin Mazu pilgrimage. The most important thing is to capture the moment when the firecrackers explode. You need a faster shutter speed to capture the explosion and the people's expressions. Award-winning National Geographic wildlife photographer Franz Lanting served as the competition's judge. I am Franz Lanting. I was impressed by the entries and particularly by the virtuosity of the macro photographers. It is a special skill to recognize and capture the beauty and the intricacy of nature when it expresses itself on the macro level. This year's competition featured a total of 5,242 photo submissions by 1,640 photographers. Due to media reports about people profiting from taking photos of birds under unethical conditions, the 2023 competition suspended the acceptance of bird photography submissions. The number of entries has increased, as well as the quality of the images. The level of the finalists is all very high. Another special feature is that this year, for the sake of the ethics of bird photography, we have suspended the acceptance of bird works. We hope that through this competition, we can remind our photographer friends who partake in nature photography to abide by the regulations and not to harm nature. The National Geographic Taiwan Photo Contest is now in its seventh year. The competition aims to give talented photographers a stage to shine and to encourage more people to care about the ecology and the environment. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Zhen Chenluo in Taipei. The Northeast monsoon began to pick up on Sunday, carrying pollutants into Taiwan proper. Poor air quality was reported in the western half of the island, and people with allergies are advised to wear a mask and avoid vigorous outdoor activities. The poor air is expected to linger until Tuesday. In the north, the mercury has also dipped, and mountainous areas in the east and south will likely see rain. Large daytime and nighttime temperature swings should be expected in the central and southern regions. On Wednesday and Thursday, a high-pressure system will cause temperatures to rise, likely hitting 32 degrees in the south. Come Friday, another wave of the northeast monsoon will arrive, bringing rain once again as well as the possibility of poor air quality. The Taipei MRT continues to expand. After six rounds of open bidding for a project all fell through, work finally commenced on Sunday on a section of the MRT's yellow line that will connect New Taipei, Xinjiang and Luzhou districts. That means that all of the northern sections of the line that fall within New Taipei's borders are being worked on. New Taipei Deputy Mayor Chen Chunjing and Taipei Mayor Jiang Wan'an attended the groundbreaking ceremony in Ugu and expressed well wishes to the workers. I hope that work on this project will progress smoothly and safely, and I also hope it can be finished as soon as possible. These are the expectations we have. We are able to start work today only because of the help we have received from the Department of Rapid Transit Systems in communicating with the public. 
We also need to give our heartfelt thanks to all the public representatives, including borough wardens and local residents. Work has now started on all three sections of the Yellow Line's northern half that fall within New Taipei. As I've told our city councillors and committee members, Taipei and New Taipei are a family. We don't differentiate between each other. As long as a project benefits all of our city's residents, we will do our utmost to find a contractor. With work starting on the northern half of New Taipei's section of the Yellow Line, every part of the circular line in the city is accounted for. The 3.32-kilometer section of the line will go from New Taipei Industrial Park Station, pass through Ugu and end in Luzhou, traversing three stations. When completed, the Yellow Line will bring Taipei and New Taipei closer together and cut travel time between New Taipei Industrial Park and Taipei Shilin District down to just 20 minutes, with the Dodger neighborhood just another 10-minute ride away. Taylor Swift wore more than 40 outfits during her recently sold-out Eras tour. Now, did you know that three of her dresses were custom-made by a Taiwanese brand? FTV reporter Stephanie Yang caught up with the brand's founder, Nicole Chang, to discover the process of making the gowns. Taylor Swift wore a gold evening dress to the opening night of the Eras tour. Taiwanese designer Nicole Chang and her team handcrafted the dress using beading crystals and sequins. It took thousands of hours for the team to beat. We really wanted to show like our brand Strong Su, which I mentioned before, is you know the whole beading and the whole embroidery design. So just starting from there, we put a lot of crystal, put a lot of um, detail in it. And I think the hardest part is really like working remotely and then having them trust like seeing all these things like come to life just through photos and videos and had to show them like the finished gown and then we showed them like the video we did zoom and then they were like they're not sure like they want to make changes and then we did make some changes but when they received a the gown they're like oh wow like it's so pretty The second dress designed by Chang and her team is this purple gown. The three-dimensional skirt was constructed using nearly 500 yards of imported tulle. Fabrics were also infused with glitter tulle to enhance the dreamy effect. The skirt of the hot couture dress was adorned with 3,000 rhinestones that were hot-fixed by the designers. The purple one was actually um, glitter tulle that we customized for her, so she wanted a gradient look. So she wanted to go from light purple to dark purple. So we had to pick out like the glitter color to match with the tool. And then we sent it overseas to, to get pleated, to get dyed. And then we also added a lot of the crystals, hot fixed crystals on the hem for her. So when she went on stage, it was super, super shiny. Swift wore a sky blue dress at the Los Angeles concert in August to echo her album cover for 1989. The skirt has different shades of gradient sequins arranged in a streamlined design all over the skirt. After 2,100 hours of pure hand sewing, the team created an effect of meter trails flying through the sky. Everything is literally hand-drawn like hand on patterns to mark out where every single sequin, every single crystal has to be. 
Um, that's how we created the whole beading pattern. And it took, for the blue gown that she wore last, it probably took about three weeks to finish that whole beading pattern. Two years ago, we worked on a, a music video with her. Uh, we custom two gowns for her, one in ivory, one in red. After that project, uh, Joseph, who was who is his stylist, had like a great time working with us. So we really built that connection. We really built that trust. Um, so when she, you know, was starting her tour and planning everything, they reached out to us again and then um, asked if we were interested in creating, you know, looks for her. And we said, of course, like it's like a once in a lifetime opportunity. And then we started working together, I think, six months before her first tour. Chang grew up in Taiwan and graduated from the University of California, Berkeley. After graduating, she decided to come back to Taiwan and start her own business with her sister in 2015. Their goal is to reinvent modern luxury bridal dresses by creating contemporary designs using couture sewing techniques. You know, we started by making our own like gowns for events. Like We were really both very interested in fashion. And um, it was kind of just like a discussion and like a passion project in the beginning that we wanted to create our own brand. Really wanted to create like a modern, young and fun um, bridal brand that it's also, you know, like luxurious at the same time, because I feel like that was kind of like what's missing in, you know, the Asian market. We were both very into fashion design. We were both very into a lot of like detail and like embroideries and all of those things. So that was really like our strong suit. After COVID, we finally went into the U.S. market and the European market, and it's just been pretty great. Before creating gowns for Taylor Swift, the brand had already made red carpet gowns for several Hollywood stars, such as Amanda Seyfried, Paris Hilton, Lady Gaga, and more. I guess my goal would be to have more retail locations in the States. That's like a more realistic goal, I would say. Um, otherwise, you know, hopefully I get to create more looks for you know, artists that I really like. We recently dressed Lady Gaga. It was not like a custom look, but I was like so, so, so happy. I always love Beyonce. I'm a huge fan. Chang hopes to continue to create beautiful dresses for her patrons and introduce Taiwan to more people around the world. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Tan Jun Hao in Taipei. A Vietnamese resident of Taipei is enthralling customers with her exquisite flower arrangements. Vo Hu Dong works as a senior flower arranger in a Taipei company and has made arrangements for many luxury brands. Her incredible work ethics leads her to give her best for every single customer. She gave us a glimpse into her floral world. Hey, Lulu, this 是哪位客人? Dong is greeted by her boss with the nickname Ruru. She's been a professional flower arranger for 11 years and is a senior designer here in the store, responsible for producing orders, arranging meeting spaces, and flower arrangement education. I quite like this work. It has a strong ritualistic feeling. We do Lunar New Year, Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, and Christmas, which is the biggest. My flower arrangements accompany customers on all kinds of important occasions. Vo first started working in the flower atelier of a wedding banquet hall thanks to a recommendation from her husband. She also paid for her own flower arrangement classes and gradually worked her way up to producing luxury arrangements. Her solid skills, as well as sensitive aesthetics, make each one of her creations as impressive as it is delicate. 
The flower arrangement classes in the luxury world love booking her because her flowers are so soft and intricate with many details layered together. So she's really well suited to luxury bookings. The day of the interview, Vo got a sudden order. She started the arrangement with roses, created a side with hydrangea, and finished it off with many small blossoms. The subtle weavings of different layers are all clear in her mind before they appear in her hands. We have a huge number of orders, really very many. It can be tiring, but you learn faster and you see lots of things. Customers have a wide variety of different requirements. Vo says communication skills are very important for flower arrangers. The work needs to fit the needs of the customer or recipient. No matter how many orders come in, there's never an excuse for carelessness. And luxury brand arrangements need even more thought to find the essence of the brand. I have to make all my arrangements excellent. I never hurry because there are lots of bookings. I want every order to go out beautiful. If a customer should complain and send it back, then it will take even more time and impact my reputation and the reputation of the company. Having worked in Taipei for 11 years, Vo has become a fashionable creative of the capital. She once considered going back to Vietnam to open her own business, but hasn't made the move. She's already at home in Taipei with the air, the transport, and her daily life here. More than anything, she's at home with her colleagues, who are like family.